All right, happy Tuesday. Yes, it is Tuesday. If you had yesterday off, I hope you enjoyed it. I know I did. Nice to have a long weekend. Not long enough. They never really are, though. Welcome back in, though. Big game tonight. Down in that Orlando bubble. Bucks heat. Game five as the Bucks stare uh, a 3-1 deficit in the face. And possibly Giannis Dendekumbo. Will he or won't he play? He did play 11 minutes in that... Uh, Game four before rolling his ankle again and uh, leaving. You did, did have 19 points in 11 minutes. Eight of 10 uh, field goals, one on one on three pointers, and he was two for four from the line. But 19 points in 11 minutes uh, from the Greek freak until he retweaked that ankle. Um, man, it was an uh, incredible performance from Chris Middleton. Chris Middleton really, really showed up in a big way, which I think surprised a lot of people. Chris Middleton, 36 points, uh, getting it to overtime. Bucks win 118 to 115. It was, um, it was a hell of a game. I mean, Dante DiVincenzo kind of stepped up too. I know he missed that free throw before, you know, uh, how many seconds were left there? Like four, 4.3 seconds, whatever it was. Um, but a lot of a lot of role players stepping up with the, the former, or I should say, reigning MVP and defensive player of the year, Giannis Dendekumbo, going down. It was, um, that was a hell of a game. That's everything you want to see in an NBA game, minus Giannis leaving. But that was when it comes to theatrics. It was a hell of a game. What do you think? Anyone? Um, yeah. I mean, it was one of those where you saw him go down. It was like, no. oh, I thought, yeah. So, all right, what did you guys think right when Giannis went down? RJ, I'll start with you. I started watching the Brewer game a little more religiously. <laughs> did you? What about you, Rowdy? I thought the Bucks would just fold. Yeah, saying I thought the Bucks would be done. I thought he'd be blown up by like thirty points. Yeah, but then I mean, you saw all of a sudden the offense, all the offense flipped the switch. Right, and I mean, sorry to say, but the way the Heat are playing is to solely stop Giannis. Stop Giannis. So when he's out, they don't pack that lane, and you know they're not doubling somebody else when Giannis is trying to shoot a three. And things open up. Yeah, it was Chris Middleton showed up in a really big way. And it was that was that's 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 the number two you wanna see. <laughs> I know we see that very few and far between with Chris Middleton, but man, my god, the big three pointer with what, six point four seconds left. Uh a total of thirty six points from Chris. after the game, Giannis Denakumbo was just there just hobbling around, pumping everyone up. Middleton said after the game that they just got to keep fighting. Giannis fought for them, so they were going to fight for Giannis. And um, it was it was crazy, man. It was uh, that Duncan Robinson. That guy can hit. That's why Rowdy, I guess, picked him uh, for the over points on Wednesday in the action zone. Mm-hmm. Another guy that's really Tyler Hero is going to have a really good career in the NBA. It's looking like I know. Can can you yeah. can you put away your oh. disdain for Tyler Hero? Just because I don't like the guy doesn't <laughs> doesn't mean I can't respect He's a baller. the game. He is a it's baller. Just one of those things. If I hear news about him, I don't care. Yeah. Um, the Heat really. The Heat managed only two points in the first what four minutes and thirty seconds of overtime, mm-hmm. and they really went quiet in the fourth quarter. And you were was it you or was it Nelson? I think it was you because it was a compliment to the Bucks. Was it you talking about Jimmy Butler? <laughs> Well, it's, it's true. It was a compliment to the Bucks. Well, was it you saying Jimmy Butler said they quit? Jimmy Butler quit on the... Yeah, they said, you know, as soon as he went down, yeah, we took our foot off the gas. Yeah. And you know what? They really didn't because they still scored as many points as they have in the first 
three games. It was the Bucks coming around and kind of imposing yeah. their will. So, you know, whatever it is, I think whether it's a me- mental thing where the Bucks were like, okay, we got to go, guys, or whether it was, yeah, there's a change in philosophy on the defensive side of the ball for for the Heat, and it opened things up. And it kind of looked like the Bucks had some easier shots to take. They yeah. weren't like throwing those cross court passes. They weren't having to have one guy cut to the lane and have four guys on him. Um, the so, offense totally changed, and it was great to see. Yeah, it was awesome. Milwaukee missed 19 consecutive three pointers. Its last 12 of Game Three and first seven of Game Four before Giannis connected late in the first quarter. Uh, that is a crazy stat. Milwaukee is just. And Nelson has alluded to this just a little bit ago. Milwaukee's not – they look very disinterested in being down in that bubble. Um, you know, you go pre-COVID-19, this was a team that was, you know, a juggernaut. Definitely could be using the home fans of the Pfizer Forum. But once once that Rudy Gobert started touching everyone's mics and phones and French kissing everyone and spreading around COVID-19, it all kind of went south for the Bucks. And a lot of teams, but more so the Bucks, the best team in the NBA before the shutdown. Then they come back and they just, and Rowdy said it best, they had maybe like one game they looked good in, mm-hmm. in the restart of that eight games. And then Sunday was the first time it actually looked like they wanted to be on the court. Right, Rowdy? I mean, well, I think it's, it's, it's been said before, it's hard for teams to just flip switches in a season. It looked like the Bucks turned their switch off during that eight games in the bubble to start the regular se- or to restart the regular season yeah. because they knew it was basically locked up. They basically had to win just what one game and it was going to lock them up the top spot. They were playing everyone like half the game. A lot of the bench players were playing quite a bit. There was a lot of uh, uninterested players, especially when it came to some of the more veteran players on the Bucks teams, and you could just tell from when they were in the game. And then all of a sudden, you had to flip the switch when the playoffs started. Luckily, they got to play a pretty bad Orlando team that was missing some of their better players. And yeah, they dropped game one. They obviously came back and won the next four, but that was that was a series where if they would have lost that, I, I don't know what you would have said. Burn it down. <laughs> exactly. Bring it exactly. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but I mean, from there, it only the best teams in those sports can flip switches. Mm-hmm. I don't know if the Bucks were that good of a team, especially post-COVID, the restart, where they can f- just flip a switch and be the best team in the NBA and come back even from a 0-3 hole against the Heat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I-, I still don't think they can flip that switch. Can they win maybe another game? Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. But to come back and win this series in four, f- four more games? I that's a tough get. It really is. I mean, when you're down 3-0 and you're in an elimination game for the first time, I think no matter what, a, a switch gets flipped there where it turns into, no, I'm not going home. Now, a second game, you could already be burned out from whatever you yeah, just did. Yeah, and like how many how many times do you, do you think Chris Middleton can go get you 36 if Giannis doesn't play? I don't think he could do that f- four straight games. No. Because that's what would have to be. Right, and I mean, we've talked about... He's he's a good player. He's probably not a number two. Man, he was a beast when, when the ball runs through him. He right that offense flows. But, is that just a one game aberration? Maybe. But 
do you really want Chris Middleton to be the guy? No, I want the reigning MVP. Well, right. we'll say Giannis is done for the series. Do you think there's a second player on this team that can stu- step up behind Chris Middleton and be a guy and be a, a scorer? You would think, but he's right. definitely not a guy that can step up into that position, in my opinion. No, he's he's really not. But you do have guys who, well, in in <laughs> throughout the season, have stepped up. But you don't have a guy. I want it to be Eric Bledsoe, but in the playoffs, how many years have we seen in a row of Eric Bledsoe His never shows up? Career. Eric Bledsoe does not show Eric up in the Bledsoe playoffs. Eric Bledsoe is a victim of today's NBA. He's a guard that's short. And he doesn't shoot the three particularly well. No, he's only good when and, he drives. And that and that only gets amplified during the NBA playoffs when you have to have him on the court and all of a sudden it's tough to guard a like look at Tyler Hero. He's what, like six five? Yeah. It's hard for a guy like Bledsoe, who's what, about six foot, maybe six one. <laughs> yeah. To to all of a sudden we'll give have him a basketball to, six one. Yeah. Now all of a sudden you take a guy that's about six foot, he's gotta guard a guy that's long and lanky that's like six five. That makes it tougher for him. And then when he's out on the court, he's asked to space the court and basically shoot threes because he doesn't have the ball in his hands all the time. Right. Well, when you're a short guard that now all of a sudden has to shoot threes, he's not a great shooter. No, he's only a good slasher. Yeah. And that that's why playoff NBA playoff basketball in today's day and age just amplifies all of the worst aspects of Eric Bledsoe's game. Not saying he's a bad player. He's just... Worse no, just when in the it playoffs, comes to that situation. We've seen it year in and year out. I mean, since we've had Bledsoe, Bledsoe in the playoffs kind of disappears. Yeah, he's good for maybe a quarter. I mean, maybe a half. You, you've seen him worried on open layups that he misses. Yeah, um, mostly because of what Nelson's talking about being a a shorter guard. But maybe they don't to need going amongst the trees. I know this may sound weird, but maybe they don't need one another guy to step up because when you looked at Chris Middleton stepped up and everyone else as a team collectively got it done. I mean, that's how they won the game. Yeah, I think right. It was Chris Middleton and then a collective effort from everyone on that team. But then you still need Chris Middleton to be that guy. To be guy. that guy. Chris Middleton's got to be the have guy. And the team show up. Yeah, and you, so, saw, you saw it in the biggest stage the Milwaukee Bucks had so far. 3-0 yeah. down in the series. I mean, heck, even if Los it's Giannis. not Chris Middleton, you need some guy to put up 30 points and have the rest of the team show up. Yeah. I mean, if... I mean, they have veterans. They have capable veterans that do Bled- it. But Bledsoe, to me, is, is kind of like a, a Kyrie where, you know, Kyrie was great when he was with LeBron James because LeBron James was facilitating everything and he just had to knock down big shots and mm-hmm. then from time to time go ISO and score the basketball, which he was good at. But then when he got on his own team, remember how he's yeah. like, this is my team now. I don't need LeBron. <laughs> It really went sideways. It now did. he's still a great player and got his numbers, yep. but the team itself wasn't very good. And I feel like Eric Bledsoe kind of fits that type of player where if Giannis wasn't on this team, Bledsoe would be much better because he could have the ball in his hands mm-hmm. and he could go in and slash and drive and score, occasionally shoot a three when open. Yeah. But when Giannis is on the team, who's got the ball in his hands? Who's driving to the basket? It's going to be Giannis and Eric Bledsoe's not that spot up shooter. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Like, but, but he was Kyrie. good with the Suns yeah. because the Suns weren't very good, <laughs> yeah. and he got the ball in his hands all the time. And then he tweets out, "I don't want to be here anymore." Yeah. It'll be interesting. You bringing up Kyrie now that he's going to have Kevin Durant next year and Steve Nash and, as their yeah, head coach. That'll be interesting too. In there, uh, one of my favorite players of all time alone. But it's um, yeah, that's two guys that like to play ISO basketball. Right? How well is that going to work? Yeah. All right, so I put out another Twitter poll just for fun. Do you think the Bucks can come back and win the series against the Heat? Really simple. Two options. Yes, I believe, or no chance. 
Right now, no chance is leading. The only reason I put it up is because have stranger things happen? I don't know. But we did see the Nuggets, the Denver Nuggets, down 3-1 to one against the Utah Jazz, come back to win it. Now it is the Nuggets and the Jazz, I understand that. But we did see earlier in the first round, the Nuggets down 3-1 to one to the Utah Jazz. Nuggets rattle off. Three in a row. I mean, the Warriors blew a 3-1 lead. They did. The Warriors, all, that was a little different animal as well. <laughs> LeBron James. But I mean, we've seen it We've seen it a couple times. But this is these are teams that were, you know, kind of had their superstar superstars. So can the Bucks do it? Will Giannis be able okay. to play? Okay, going around the room real quick. I know some people in this room are bigger Chris Middleton fans than others. Do you think Chris Middleton can play like he did? What was that on Monday? Sunday. 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 They're all the same days on a long weekend. <laughs> Do you think he can play like that four straight games? No. No. I think that's an agreement. I would I say mean, the ranking of Chris Middleton. I'll be so, like him. I'll be pleasantly surprised he does. Yeah, I'm really indifferent on the guy. I like uh, him more than you two. Definitely more than Nelson. I like him more. I think than you, RJ. Yeah. I'm not saying I'm a super fan of Chris Middleton, but sure sounds like it. <laughs> I mean, what are you going to do? Not root for a guy that's on your team? It's not not in my wheelhouse. The Green Bay Packers. Oh, guys, pour one out for the fallen homie. Whitewater Jesus, a.k.a. Touchdown Jesus. I saw some other Big J's calling him. Jake Kumaro, no longer on the roster of the 53 for the Green Bay Packers. In fact, he's on the practice squad now of the Buffalo Bills. Was that the biggest surprise of cuts? Uh, that happened on Saturday to trim the roster to 53. Was that, Jake Kumaro was no mas? That he got picked up? Yes. That he got picked up. <laughs> I don't know. For me, it had to be between Jake Kumaro or Alex Light. Alex Just Light because did... Alex Light got a lot of play this, mm-hmm. uh, I guess you would say, I was going to say preseason, but it wasn't preseason. It wasn't, well, it wasn't much of one. Uh, yeah, and then the other one, I mean, notable, I guess, would be center Jake Hansen. Outside of that. Uh, he was a draft pick. Yeah, outside of that, it wasn't really... I mean, was there a lot? I, what was the one surprise? The Packers keeping five wide receivers. We kind of called that, though. Did, did we talk about that Wednesday, Nelly, or did you and I say that on Thursday? I think Wednesday? we've briefly touched on it on Wednesday. Oh, and then we had Rob, Rob Reichel on on Thursday. We talked about that as well. Yeah, Packers kept five wide receivers. And the newest addition, a former Division II standout, Malik Taylor. He had a strong camp after spending last year in the team's practice squad. So Packers releasing their, their depth chart. You got, uh, let's see here, Alan Lazard, and behind him is Malik Taylor. On the other side, Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Behind him, Equiminius St. Brown. And then uh, tight ends. Did you see who got the nod for the starting tight end? Uh, let's see. Let's see. You got Mercedes Lewis, Big Rob Tanyan, then Jay Sternberger and Josiah DeGuara. Uh, yeah, that's what we were talking about on Wednesday, how they'll probably only keep five receivers and the six and seven the the days of six and seven receivers are long gone with Mike McCarthy. Yep. Now it's all pound the friggin' rock. So you have um Lane Taylor at right guard and Billy Turner at right tackle. That was uh really is there really a surprise there? No, just no. because Ricky Wagner was hurt. Yeah. And it was already thought that Ricky Wagner was brought in to well, one to push Billy Turner and to see which one of those two was going to win the job makes it a lot easier in a a shortened preseason where 
one guy's hurt and one guy wasn't. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Ricky Wagner <laughs> Ricky Wagner behind Billy Turner on the depth chart for right tackle. Lane Taylor right guard with Lucas Patrick behind him. Uh, center Corey Lindsley, obviously. Lucas Patrick behind him as well. Uh, Elton Jenkins left guard. John Runyon behind him. Then, of course, David Bakhtiari left tackle and behind him. Uh, Yosh Nijman. Did I say that right? Sure. I like the first name. I'm just calling him Yosh from now on. Um, um, Yoshi. And then... Obviously, Devontae Adams, your other, I mean, that's your number one. And behind him, Equimania St. Brown. Let's go to the phones really quick. Welcome to the show. Who do I got? I'm sorry. Oh, sorry. Welcome to the show. Who do I got? Thomas. Hey, Thomas. What's up, dude? I'm suffering from evil withdrawal system. Hey, I'm here. I'm back, Thomas. We're back, baby. I know. I'm, I'm sorry. Breathe a sigh of relief. <sighs> there you go. The only bad part is that Nelson's here. <laughs> Did you like Thursday without him? Yeah. Yeah. How's the long weekend, man? Uh, it was okay. You do anything fun? Uh, a couple. Yeah. Well, that's good. You sound kind of down and out about it. Uh, I don't know. It was okay. Yeah, back in school today? Oh, sadly. Unbelievable, dude. Make sure you wear a mask. We don't want you getting COVID-19. Oh, uh... Or is it all virtual? Uh, I'm, I'm going to school. I'm not, I'm not one of those virtual stupid people. <laughs> Well, you go get him, Thomas. All right, you go get him, baby. Yeah, I'm gonna beat up all the kids at school today. Love it. Have fun, man. Yeah, you too, Ebo. Make sure you crack your knuckles before you throw a punch, okay? Okay. All right, see you, buddy. See ya. (laughs) All right, so there you go. Thomas checking in. Charlie as well. We got them all here. It's a beautiful thing. All right, so when you saw, uh, when you see this team kind of taking shape, looking at the wide receivers, who you kept is, you know, obviously Devontae, Equimina St. Brown, Alan Lazard. Malik Taylor, Marquez Valdez-Scantling. What do you guys think? Well, if they cut Jake Kumro, I think you're going to have to say they probably upgraded at least a little bit. <laughs> Is Malik Taylor Just because he's not hanging around the <laughs> roster like he did the last couple of years. Jake, and- Jake Kumro has been on three different teams now, and the only team where he made it above the practice squad was the Green Bay Packers. Isn't yeah. it crazy that and Aaron Rodgers is like vouching for Jake Kumro a day before they cut him? In two seasons, he has 400 total yards and two touchdowns. So And a busted shoulder from Somersault in and the two-season game. And that's legitimately touchdown Jesus. One touchdown a year. I saw it was like yeah, s- some big J calling touchdown Jesus. I'm like, no, 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 no. It's white water Jesus because there's not many touchdowns. What are you going to say, Rowdy? No, I was just going to say, I mean – Jake Jake Kumro not being on this roster, I have to imagine the wide receiver room got better. That's why he's not there. And what do most Packer fans been bitching about for the last few seasons? But he's from Wisconsin. The lack of wide receiver talent. Mm-hmm. The lack of not going and drafting a wide receiver. I think uh, would Jake Kumro probably have been that six receiver if they kept six? Probably. probably. But it looks like... We all know, even looking at their draft, that it's a Gutekunst and a LaFleur team now. It's their roster. They're not going with six or seven wide receivers. They're going with more tight ends and less wide receivers. And with some of the wide receivers that they had or the guys that were hanging around on the on the roster slash uh, before they made cuts, you're kind of all right with going with four tight ends. Absolutely. Um, the, especially the way they want to use them. Yeah, um, a lot more running, a lot more short passes, a lot more. A guy not Mike McCarthy, yeah. more Matt Lafleur. A guy who can line up in the backfield and hit the hell out of somebody to open up a hole, as well as go out for a pass. Um, I mean, what? Who they they cut the only true fullback that was on that roster, right? Yeah, but they still do have uh, Josiah Deguara. Right, but the guy that 
uh, love it or yeah yeah. He go. Right, let's go to the phones really well, quick. Well, I think they technically, or I not. think they did retain him to the practice squad. Wow, well, yeah. but Whatever, yeah. yeah, I had comments from Brian Gutekunst I wanted to get to before we get to our sports director Zach Heilprin joining us in about ten minutes here. Uh, Goody had to trim his roster down to fifty three on Saturday. It was a shock to some Packer fans. Whitewater Jesus, Jake Kumaro, no mas, cut from the Packers. Now he's on the Bills practice squad. Uh, but Brian Gutekunst was talking about um, just the season as a whole coming up and year two with LeFleur and Rodgers. Here's more from the GM. I would say there's just a confidence level there that uh, and what they're doing and, and how this thing has grown. And that's kind of probably the biggest thing that I've seen. It's just there's not as much hesitation, I think, as they go through some things. And, uh, again, without the preseason games, and um, we'll kind of see how it goes here in the beginning of the season. But um, I'm kind of excited at how they've grown. So Goody Kuntz liking how they're growing as a duo, but what about the roster as itself? Well, he talks about them having no preseason and how it will affect the league in a whole. I think a lot will be determined going into this first four games and just how ready everybody's teams are and kind of seeing the injury rate too. You know, are they were they prepared for a real NFL season? So without being able to go out there in a, in a game-like situation, um, there's just a little bit of unknown. So what's the unknown, Rowdy? A lot of these younger guys, it's hard to evaluate the talent, right, without those preseason games? You think that'd be, like, the hardest thing for Gutekunst to do? Is, like, how to evaluate the young guys? Oh, yeah, especially after it being just such a weird draft. Just from the fact that it was virtual. I mean, some of the guys went to the Combine. Some had pro days. Others didn't have pro days. (laughs) Right. I mean, since the spring, you didn't have a mini camp. You didn't have a real training camp. I don't think you got all your practices in either. Yeah, well, I mean, they sat out one practice. And then on top of that, they already had a shortened practice uh, schedule just based on the the COVID stuff and and coming together a little later than normal. And then you didn't have any preseason games. So, of course, there's going to be a lot less time that you had to evaluate players. Yeah, here's Brian Gutekunst on trying to evaluate his young talent. I felt for those young guys because, um, you know, every year as we go through this in the past, um, as the preseason games went on, they got more and more reps. Um, you started to feel more comfortable with what they could do, um, and they really earned their way onto the team. They didn't have those opportunities. There's some good football players that uh, probably aren't on 53-man rosters right now that um, simply because they didn't have the opportunity to show it. One guy that did kind of uh, impress was wide receiver Malik Taylor. He was on the practice squad last year, a Division Two product. Now he's... Getting the nod. He's part of the five that they kept for wide receivers. Here's more from the GM on Malik Taylor and also releasing Jake Kumaro. I think Malik had an outstanding camp. Um, he's an explosive athlete that's uh, got a lot in front of him. You know, he really did a nice job for us last year, and I think he just really built off uh, of what he did last year. So we're excited to kind of see where he can go. I like our group as a whole. I think there's a, a lot of potential there, and we're excited to see what they can do. So there you go. I mean, he's he's liking what they see. I hope so because you didn't draft a wide receiver and the one you brought in to uh, kind of help alleviate Devontae Adams' the load on his shoulders in uh, Devin Funches opted out because of COVID-19. So they got their guys. I mean, they're not – no one really knew unless you count Malik Taylor who was on the practice squad last year. You got Alan Lazard, Malik Taylor, Marquez, Valdez-Scantling, Equiminius St. Brown, and, of course, Devontae Adams. 
It's that's who they're rolling with. Yeah, nothing's really uh, changed. The only thing is St. Brown hopefully can be healthy. Stay healthy, yeah. Though didn't he have a little injury in camp too? Yeah. Well, here is more from Gutekunst on the health of the team. This preseason was so different than what we've had in the past. Um, you know, I think we were, we were really healthy most of the way this last week and a half or so. We had, we had some nicks that may affect us going into week one, but I think we're ready. Again, like there's a few guys are going to have to work through some things to, to be ready for Sunday, but uh, I think we're ready. And. He talks on Gutekunst that is on the versatility of their roster. NFL season, as long as it is, and the injuries you have to deal with, having players that can play multiple positions, that can do different things, whether it's within the defense, offense, or special teams. Um, so it's just critically important. So that's a big factor when we go about kind of scouting the players and evaluating players and selecting them for the roster. Um, you get, you know, the more you can do, that's, that's a big part of it. Goody's got his work cut out from him, doesn't he now? I think everyone's got their work cut off from in the NFL. Well, I think if you look at the receivers, obviously Devontae Adams is Devontae Adams. You have Lazard, who you're hoping can take that next step and build on the, the half a season that he had. Veldez Scantling's in the make it or break it year three. St. Brown is also, I guess you would say, kind of in the make it or break it year three, though he hasn't been healthy for one season there's yet. Some, there's some hype surrounding him, though. Kind of. And then there's this Malik Taylor. And he was on your practice squad <laughs> yeah. last year. Yep. We'll see. I mean, there's a change of philosophy happening. There's, I mean, the tight ends, they kept, didn't they keep all their tight ends? Essentially, they got Mercedes Lewis, Robert Tanya, Jay Sternberger, and Josiah DeGuara. They got four tight ends, five wide receivers. And then their running backs, Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams, A.J. Dillon, and Tyler Irvin. We'll see. It's going to be uh, more of the Matt LeFleur experience moving forward. <laughs> All right, yeah. Zach, so uh, real quick before we get into the Packers and a little Bucks, Friday, you know what would have happened Friday, right? The Friday that just happened? What? Wisconsin would have just been trucking the hell out of Indiana. Yeah. How did it feel not to, like, how did it feel? It's still weird, man. It's still, like, it feels like there's going to be a game this Saturday. There's going to be a game the next Saturday, and it's just not going to come. What's the only, the only positive I can find out of it is I don't have to worry about parking. That's a. I don't have to worry about parking. Yeah, either. you always had a permit anyway. Yeah, so like that was that was not a problem. I always had to find a place around the red zone, and doing that was like a Herculean task to get a good parking spot. The only positive, and I certainly think this now after having to drive for five and a half hours <laughs> down and five and a half hours back, is not having to travel. Like that's the only. What was? But um, again, I I I'm gonna miss that aspect of it too. What was the worst? What's well, you flew though, but I mean, did you drive down to Ill Champagne? I did. Was that the worst? What was the worst drive covering? Oh, the worst drive is Columbus. I went to Columbus, like in 2013, went to Columbus. Yeah. And then uh, it was a night game. Oh. And you don't like spending the nights at hotels. No. And so I turned, so I went down the night before. Uh-huh. But then I I, tra- I turned around after the night game, got home at like nine o'clock in the morning in Janesville. Oh my God. On the way up on, on Janesville, slapping myself to stay awake. Of I course. Was like, and I got pulled over in Indiana. Because um, you got a little lead foot? No, I was apparently swerved. Because you were slapping yourself. And, uh, and it was. Well, yeah. what time did you get out of the game? I left there. After you get the media stuff. I on. left there at like two o'clock in the morning. Jesus. Yeah. And you got home at nine? Yeah. Nothing worse. Like, I used to, like, long drive, stick my head out the window when it's, like, <laughs> ice cold or slap myself. Okay. Because I drove back from Virginia Beach to um, Madison, and it was it's like a 23 hour drive straight. Yeah. I'm like, I'm doing it. I don't give a crap. I'm doing it. You did 23 hours straight? I did. I did 20 hours straight. That's insane. I started slapping myself, and then I nudged my wife. I'm like, Jenny, you got to take over. I'm like, all you got to do is go straight. Right. Just go straight. Yeah. I wake up. 
a little couple hours later because you know it's tired we're lost in the middle of like Chicago somewhere. I'm like, what'd you do? She's like, well, I took a right. And I'm like, no, you were supposed to just go straight. Now I got to wake up and drive. Anyways. Yeah, all right. no. So, that, that's brutal. But I'll say this. Obviously, there's not any on-field news, mm-hmm. but there's potentially huge off-field news today for uh, Wisconsin. Uh, big, big recruit making his yeah. announcement today. Nolan Rucci, the five-star offensive tackle from Pennsylvania. His dad... Played against the Packers in the Super Bowl, actually, Todd Rucci, but he was an, also a Penn State offensive lineman. Really? He's a legacy, and he's making his choice at 5 o'clock tonight, and all indications are he's going to pick Wisconsin, and they would give them their second five-star tackle in the last three years. Wow, incredible. His, his brother, already on the team, Hayden Rucci, as a tight end. So that's that's good then, right? That's it, a good worked out, it worked out in his favor. <laughs> that is awesome because yeah. – I mean, that's good news for Wisconsin football in, Man, in 2020 when there's not really any good news at right. all. Right. Going to be part of the 2021 class, and uh, that class can end up probably being the highest-rated recruiting class I've ever had. That's incredible. After last year's was the highest they've ever had. Now, when it, do you know— They've been doing that the last couple of years, though, haven't they? 2020, uh, 2019 came close, but 2020 was, and 2021 is projected to be perhaps— it may even be like it may end up in the top twenty, may end up in the top fifteen, depends how it all finishes it out. It seems but. like since they signed uh Graham Mertz, they've only continued to do better and better on the recruiting team. It trail. hasn't hurt. Now in your opinion, what, what in your opinion, what has it been? Right? Only one syllable? Mertzy? Yeah, and Mercer doesn't <laughs> just doesn't It flow. doesn't work. What'd you say? <laughs> I'm trying to think of a different nickname for Mertz. Um, no, but in your opinion, what's been the reason why the recruit there's been this big uptick? Well, I I think it's because Paul Chris has surrounded himself. Like that was a huge question coming from Pitt was could he recruit? Like it wasn't something he was known for when he was an assistant at all. And he's his staff has just done a fantastic job around him. You know, Joe Rudolph and Mickey Turner and all these guys have done just a fantastic job. And I think that's probably um and, and Paul Chris I think is is genuine. To, to parents, oh, totally. I think he he hits home with them. So and the fact that they've well, had success. I remember a funny was it Brady Ewing when you were on the Wisconsin football roundtable. Brady was talking about how Paul Chris came to his house. Was it during Christmas time and the Christmas tree started on fire? Yes. And Chris was just like, oh, "Let me help you out there." Yeah, he's like getting water, like cups of water to throw on it. <laughs> yeah. As the Christmas tree is burning in the Ewing family household, Paul Chris is like, "Well, let me help you out there." Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty genuine when the guy is trying to help you. Uh, you know, do a little firefighter moonlighting. He comes across as genuine when a lot of college football coaches do not. I think that no, so, yeah, for, for sure. I mean, certainly, it's like I would see that guy on the racks at TJ Maxx when shopping was a thing. Well, yeah, like I'd see Paul Chris looking at the, the clearance aisle at TJ Maxx. Like this is a genuine man looking for his next sweatshirt. Looking for his next sweatshirt, um, Zach. I want to talk Packers. Do you want to stick around for one sure. more? All right. Before we get to break here, um, we've kind of talked about it a little bit. I think with you and a little bit with RJ. But when it comes to NCAA basketball. Is that late November date? Is that still floating around out there? It's looking like that. Right, it's right, right around Thanksgiving, November twenty fifth is the last I saw. So, um, have you heard about anything else about like them bubbling up or any other news, or just all like conjecture right now? Only, I think it's conjecture, but it's also we saw the NCAA. I think we talked about it last week. Yeah. Them uh, putting a what was it? Uh, a copyright or a? Oh yeah, the uh, the, the battle in the, the bubble trademark on on that. So, hopefully, no matter what, we're going to get an NCAA tournament uh, mm. and the the, the season. I'm. I just don't know how much non-conference games we're going to get. I think it's going to be a lot. Of I don't, conference. That, well, that's I, my biggest question. Is I think it'll be a lot of conference games because you see now more universities breaking out with COVID nineteen, including Wisconsin. Yeah, Wisconsin. I saw like State Street Brats just temporarily shut their doors. Well, and UW said yesterday uh, they put out a notice yesterday saying fourteen days to only do essential things, and in that end of that fourteen days, I think they're going to fourteen end up, days to slow the spread. 
They're gonna at the end of the fourteen days. That'll turn into like by the, three hundred. By, by the time the month gets towards the end, and you're kind of locked into having paid for your classes. <laughs> did you like virtual? Cla- did you have virtual classes when you were in college? I love virtual classes because you didn't have to leave your dorm or right. your, your apartment. No, like I, my last year, I went to Whitewater, yeah. lived in Middleton. And oh so, really? And so I took yeah, so I took as many online courses as possible. What year was that? Two thousand seven. We, our paths could have crossed if you just would have came to class, I offered. Right. Damn it. Yeah. <laughs> Bucks are taking on the heat. I don't know if you saw, but uh, in game four on Sunday, there was this guy named Giannis Dindikunbo, the Greek freak. Some call him the alphabet. He went down after 11 minutes and 19 points with an ankle injury. He hurt his ankle, and then Chris Middleton showed up and made his presence known. He did. And the Bucks avoid a sweep. And they force a game five, which is tonight, down in the bubble. It is, yeah. What well, did you think of that game four, by the way? Chris Middleton coming through. He, everyone has criticized him so much for his playoff, uh, for not showing up in the playoffs, perhaps. Yeah. Uh, but he showed up there in that third quarter. I think it was 21 points, which was a, a team record for a playoff game. Didn't, do, didn't score at all in the fourth quarter, thankfully, uh, for the Bucks. Bledsoe and Brooke Lopez showed up. And then uh, in fourth quarter had nine or in OT had nine of the eleven points. Yeah, he showed up. He was crushing it. Dan. And he and if Giannis doesn't play, he's going to have to have a, a similar performance. Forty eight minutes he played. Yeah. Okay. Let me ask you. Should Giannis play? Is Giannis going to show up tonight? Do you I, think he's going to play? I think he plays. Should he play? Should he? If you were Mike Budenholzer, would you play him? If Giannis wants to play, I'd play him. Yeah, that's a rowdy saying. Play because, but, but here's the thing, because like if you hold him out, which is probably the smarter thing to do, if you're if you're the Bucks, just in case, because we all saw what happened with Kevin Durant last year. Yep. You don't want that same thing to happen. But if you hold him out, is he going to hold that against you? Because it's going to make him look bad, not playing. Well, the, his legacy right now is like people are just trashing him left and right because. Yeah. Well, that's what everyone does in 2020 is no one no one says a good thing about anything anymore. It's all negative and anti this, anti that. To build and it's the, and the only reason you do that is to build other people up. Like the people that are smashing on on Giannis, it's because they're LeBron fans or they're yeah. uh Kawhi fans or yeah. they're they're just not Giannis people. That's what it is. Does Kawhi really have any fans? Yes. Like, oh yes. Really? Yes. Oh yes. God, I feel like logo. there's like a lot of people that like, yeah, Kawhi is a really good player, but I don't know. I've run into. It. I, I've seen it on Twitter. If you have your own logo, you got to have a huge fan base. right? Yes. Yeah. But like, it's any. You're not building anybody up. You're just tearing other people down to try and build to, to try and make yeah. somebody else look better. That's well, 2020, man. You're no not building people up. No one wants to be positive anymore. Everyone's throwing in the towel. But either way, I, I personally like. If I were the Bucks, I wouldn't play him. But I also know that the way that he his mind probably works, where he's got Kobe, he's got MJ, he's got that type of mentality. Like, if could you, you spin it? Could you tell? Could you spin it to Giannis and be like, Giannis, we're not going to play. You're banged up. You're injured. There's no point in you being out there. You'll just kind of be, you know, maybe hurting the team out there. And here's how you spin it, dude. At the end of the, when we look back on this year of 2020, there's going to be an asterisk next to it. No one's really going to care because it was like, oh, it's COVID-19. The whole league shut down. We have this, we have that. Players opting out. Just sit out because at the end of the day, it's not really a true championship. Could you spin it that way to him? You could, but then you'd have to go back and uh, listen listen to what he said at the beginning of this whole thing and saying that a championship in this would mean, he think it would be more, mean more. Than be the hardest else, one be ever. the hardest one to win ever and a guy like him the guy where he thinks i and he's not mj like and i don't think so in terms of holding grudges but do you remember in last dance when he got pulled out of that game like so they didn't make the playoffs yeah and this is a different situation uh but like he was he had been dinged up like he had had the surgery the year before and like they didn't want him to play mm-hmm. 
it didn't. I mean, and I, that was, I, t- I took that personal. Yes, <laughs> that's personal. To yeah, me. and Giannis has like a similar just a drive to win that I think if you hold him out, he's going to hold it against you. And right now, they cannot afford that because anybody and everybody is. It's open season on on Giannis right now, right? Yeah. In terms of both going after him stay. and slamming him, and can we pull him away from Milwaukee? Do you think the Bucks this year and playing and not playing Giannis definitely goes into it? Do you think Giannis? He still has one more year left on his deal, but do you think Giannis and Nakumbo right now, if they do get bounced out of the playoffs in the second round, do you think Giannis and Nakumbo stays with the Milwaukee Bucks? I don't think he signs this off season. He waits it out. So he, does, he, I don't think he signs a supermax this summer. Or, gosh, it's already falls. Yeah, it's um, fifty-five degrees today. How th- it falls here this off season? I don't think he signs a supermax. And so, this October, you leave yourself, <laughs> you leave yourself open to the potential of losing him and getting nothing in return oh, if you're the Bucks, which terrible? is what happened with um, Oklahoma City. Now, Oklahoma City had another superstar there. Milwaukee doesn't. Like Milwaukee has one superstar. What are you saying about Chris Middleton? No, you're totally right though. It's like there's not another second there's not a second clear cut superstar. And I'm not saying I'm not advocating for trading him, but they have a, a well, difficult. What are you gonna decision. do? Lose him and not get anything for him like the Durant situation? You the Bucks are in a in between a rock and a hard place right now. Very. Especially with if you play Giannis or not. Yeah. And the thing is, like they Would you could, burn your Giannis jersey? If I, if you had one, people that right burn now, jerseys are deserve a yeah, smack in the face. If he left, would you burn your Giannis jersey? I would not. Anyone that burns a jersey deserves a swift kick in the nuts. They do, but I, I, again, I don't. I Just don't donate it to Goodwill. Right. I don't know what he's going to do, but it's it's very dangerous on the Bucks' part to. Or you just go all in and say, screw it. He's, he is our world. We desperately, we won't live without him. We can't live without hey. him. And we're going to hold, we're going to do everything we possibly can to bring him back. And then you have all next year. Again, I still think that they make the chance. I just don't think they make the finals if this season doesn't end the way it did. Like yeah. if it didn't, if they didn't have the four months off, Agreed. I think that they make the finals. And this conversation is probably uh, irrelevant, but Agreed. they're not going to make the finals. They're going to get knocked out in the second round and uh, have a, you don't think the Nuggets came back three one and to win against the Jazz? They did. They weren't down three <laughs> zero. True, they won the first game. Uh, was it one hundred and thirty nine and zero teams that go up three yeah. zero in the NBA? Yeah, it's never been done, right? No, they've done other sports, just not this one. So looking at the Bucks, though, you just kind of convinced me with what you just said. You have how often does Milwaukee get a talent like Giannis Antetokounmpo? Once, tw- uh, twice, twice. Lou Alcindor, aka Kareem Abdul Jabbar. And then Giannis and Kumbo, you put the guy out there and let him play. You start him right now and you say you play as much as you want until that ankle gives out. If he wants to play, he wants to play. Because they're in the playoffs. Who knows what's going to happen yeah, next he was, year? He was a beast before he, he was so good. Man. He was up 19, what, 18 19, points? 19. 18 points before the injury. Oh, yeah, hit, then he hit, 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 hit the free throw. throw. What yeah. did he say the, the first thing he said when uh, they got to him? I should have dunked it. I should have dunked it, yeah. Man, it was um, when he went down. Well, what, okay, before you get to the Packers, what did you think right away when Giannis went down? I thought the Bucs were going to fold. Out. I thought 30-point loss coming up. Going to get blown out, and they didn't. Yeah, it was uh, that game was probably one of the best performances grit. I've seen in a long time. Grit. True grit. True grit. And I'm not talking the Western. No. All right, hanging up with our sports director, Zach Hopper from the Switchgears. Um, tough scene on Saturday for a lot of people, especially Whitewater alums, you included. Did you – well, no, you're Madison alum, aren't you? No. Whitewater? Whitewater. Did you shed a tear when Whitewater Jesus, Jake Kumaro, got cut? I didn't, um, but, I, but, <laughs> but, but. I actually got down on my knees and said, thank you, God. Yeah, you're a big Malik Taylor guy. Huge Malik Taylor guy. Big Equinemia St. Brown guy. 
Huge St. Brown guy. Yeah. Um, were you guys surprised? No. Kind of, because Aaron Rodgers was talking him up like a With day before. Kuro, if, I was. If, if we found, if we've known anything about Brian Gutekunst since he's taken over, he could not give two craps what Aaron Rodgers thinks oh, about, no about personnel. LaFleur and Gutekunst, just, Aaron Rodgers, we don't care what you think. You know your, sit down and know your role. But even, like, it, like... Kumaro is the same thing with Lafleur. Like he talked talked him up too, and like, don't care. Goodukins is like, no, nope, no, nope, we're going with Equinemius St. Brown. We're going Malik Taylor. Just because of how bad the receiving core has been the last few years, and he's been a guy that's comfortably made the squad. That's not a good thing, right? That's what I'm saying. So I figured he would probably just do it again this year because they didn't add anybody. They didn't really add anyone. Man, well, what's the what's the vibe on Malik Taylor then? Just impressive in practice squad action last year, and he had a good camp. And a good camp. Yeah, I think I think it's just. To get a different body out there, I, Jake Kumaro. I didn't think in the practices I went to. I, I ended up going to like ten, I think, of the nineteen. He didn't make the same kind of plays he was making in training camp the last two years. And whether that was just other opportunities for other people, well, before I don't he know. had preseason games to sh- kind of show some right. flash. Malik Taylor, unless he asked him to do a summer. Malik Taylor didn't necessarily jump out either, though. So I don't know. I, I, I think their bottom, the bottom of their wide receiver group, isn't any good. And well, so, and so whether, it's, Adams, whether like, it's whether it's Jake Kumro or whether it's Malik Tur- T- uh, Taylor or whether it's Equinemius St. Brown or whether it's Reggie Beagleton, it, it is irrelevant at this point. They they're not a great wide receiver group. I'm excited to see what Marquez Valdez Scantling can do. I think same. I think he had he had the best camp of any of the guys not named Devontae Adams. And so he's playing with a ton of confidence. I think he could have a huge year. I hope so. And if he does, obviously that makes the wide receiver group significantly better because then you throw in Lazard, another year of Lazard, and the top three is not horrible. Yeah, but what, the, but the next. What do you two, think of the um, four tight ends? Keeping those tight ends. That was that. Was, I mean, that was obvious. They're going to run. They're going to run a ton of big personnel. Ton. All those guys are going to play, and Josiah DeGore is going to line up fullback. Yep. I mean, they. That's also another reason why I was a little surprised that Kumro was cut because look at what he does best: blocking downfield. Yeah, but Lazard blocks downfield. Marquez blocks downfield. But you know what? They just the, do it a little tr- faster than Kumaro. The truth about Lazard. But here's the thing. We, we all know the, the talent that it takes to block at wide receiver. Yeah. Um, you know, some may even put it like on a highlight tape that you use for the rest of your life. I know a guy like that. And, you I know, divi- to it. Division three wide receivers. I played Tony House Pro Skater with him yesterday. Divi- division three wide receivers for sure. Uh, like Jake Kumro. Like this, uh, our other. Uh, Danny Cunningham. Danny Cunningham. <laughs> You know, it's a huge, huge part of the game. Morning, Dan. Yeah, it is a huge part of the game. Love you, Danny. Um, well, maybe they can learn a little more from Mercedes Lewis and not learn any from Jimmy Graham, who's no longer on the Packers. Oh, but you hear Jimmy Graham? Who had the best had the best camp of anybody yeah, in, in sure. Chicago? Out of their ten tight ends that they have on there, I think they're down. I think they might be down to five now. <laughs> so, did they exactly say what year he turned it back to? Yeah, right. I don't know. Because if it's if it's twenty thirteen, I think. Yeah, if it's not the Saints years. I'm not interested. Yeah, especially at ten million dollars. God, he was bad. Um, he was terrible. Then again, he had the game-winning catch against Seattle last year. That's game, true. I should say game clinching. Game clinching. Yeah, that's true. Um, I'm glad he caught the ball. And but, then yeah, and, uh, got to, and got to the marker. <laughs> Zach Alperner, sports director, joining us right now. Any other surprises for you? Uh, I guess what Alex Light. There wasn't really big any surprises. The biggest one for me was was I, yeah. Whitewater Jesus. I think the Alex Light was a little bit just because I heard he actually got a nickname in camp. Turnstile? <laughs> Steamroller. <laughs> After he uh, clock, clocked Rashad Gary once. I think I'm pretty sure that it was brought up that uh, 
when I mentioned Rashawn Gary beat somebody in one-on-ones, who cares? It's Alex Light. <laughs> that was yeah. I can I remember that vividly. Yeah. So um, oh, actually, never but, forget. But here's the thing, Yosh Yosh Ninjman. That's a Yosh Nij Nijman. Nin. Uh, it's N I J M A N Nijman. Yeah. I like his first name. It's a power first name. Yosh. Yeah. Uh, do you think they named him after Yosh Yoshi? I mean, who's not a big Mario Brothers fan? Right. But he has he hasn't played. Right. At all. I know. Like they're. I mean, I don't know if they would who they would put out there at left tackle. I can't imagine he, it would be him. Like I think they would probably shift Lane Taylor out there. Uh, or, right now, or Elton Jenkins out there. Now they're. Their official, yeah, I have their depth chart right their here. Their official depth chart has him left as the tackle. Back of the left tackle. Never forget the headline from two years ago, where the Roanoke Times had Salem grad Alex Light shocked to be a Green Bay Packers roster. Yeah, I think we were all as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, and he somehow made it for over a year. Here's the thing about that: I'm almost positive that it's the PR people that make those. Oh yeah, uh, I'm pretty sure. Uh, so the, Jason the, the, the big Jays and, are like, "Yo, can we get a depth chart?" They're like, oh, yeah. here we go. And so. You know, right tackle has obviously Billy Turner. Billy Turner with Rick Wagner behind him. Yeah, Billy Turner unlikely to play this Sunday, so Rick Wagner <laughs> probably going to be the right tackle. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, it surprises there weren't any. No, really. I'm, I guess Kumaro's the biggest one, but if that's the biggest surprise, you're yeah, you're not only, really the only other really big name was Alex Light because he's been thrown in there at times in the last couple of years where you're like cringing watching it. So is it really a surprise that he was cut? No. 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 But again, I mean, he was their swing tackle last year. And uh, <laughs> here's the thing. Like, is, like, And that's why they went out and signed Jared Valdir, you know, and pl- ended up pl- having to play him. Yeah, they don't sign Valdir if he's not – or if he's good. Right. So. Yeah. Uh, I'm just – I just can't believe that we're here. We are. We're here. We're, what, days away from days away. the NFL season? Does it, it doesn't feel like it at all. <laughs> Will Giannis Adendakumbo play? And if he does, how long? Rowdy, do you think Giannis stays with the Milwaukee Bucks? I think he does, just because I think he would be really dumb not to. I mean, you'd be you'd be turning down a quarter of a billion with a B, a quarter of a billion dollars, and that's quite a bit more money than any other team can offer him and what's the max you have to sign for at least four years is it yeah something like that yeah so he's he would be stuck in milwaukee for four more years but he'd have option for fifth the biggest contract he can theoretically get the bucks still would have him in middleton which is the core that he basically told the organization and in the front office that he wanted chris middleton so i don't see why that would be a negative Mm -hmm. and then if if worse comes to worse they never win a championship in these next four to five years, and he's looking for a championship. He can go elsewhere and sign wherever because he'll get a max wherever there too. Yeah, uh, I don't think Giannis leaves. Do you? And Zach, our sports director, just alluded to this when he was on, saying that and if he's they, still young. In four years, he yeah. would he would be about thirty, which would be another huge four to five year contract max somewhere else. I think. Uh, Financially and just for him and his family being in Milwaukee, I think the best idea would be to sign the max for at least four more years. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Giannis is 25 years old. His birthday is December 6th. Um, I see this article posted 19 minutes ago from The Ringer, and it's it's time for Giannis Adendokounmpo to demand more or demand out. 
Hasn't the Bucks kind of given weird. everything Giannis has wanted, though? It's weird that they would say demand more because what he's asked for, he's received. Everything that Giannis has wanted, he's gotten outside of. He seemed pretty upset about it, though. And in hindsight, this probably would have worked out better for the Bucks, keeping the president, Malcolm Brogdon. Well, and that was the that's case. the one thing Giannis wanted, but you, he couldn't. They yeah, couldn't but that was him. the thing. You couldn't have Bledsoe, you yeah. couldn't have Lopez, you couldn't have there was a Brogdon, money issue, and you couldn't have Middleton, and you were already more vocal about keeping Middleton. Mm-hmm. So I mean, so you couldn't have all happen. four. And looking back on it right now, I mean, Eric Bledsoe is a beast in the regular season. Eric Bledsoe in the playoffs is maybe good for a quarter or two. See, now I can't wait to have the discussion once the, the Bucks are eliminated in this series about where do they go from here with roster, potentially with coaching. Oh, yeah. I mean, Coach Budenholzer is really – he's great in the regular season. But then Budenholzer's lineups and his minutes that he issues – it's mostly just his oh, – yeah, minutes and lineups is his biggest question mark. Because before Giannis was hurt, I mean, he was playing like – what was Giannis playing, like 30, 35, 36 minutes 35 a game? 35 minutes? Game's 48. Yeah. No, those will be the fun conversations where you're going to have a bunch of different people from all over the spectrum telling the Bucks to completely sell or saying how, nope, keep this intact and, and see what happens next year. Those are going to be fun conversations. Yeah, I'm looking at this um, article here from The Ringer. They say this season was supposed to be the championship or bust for Milwaukee and it's looking likely it'll be a bust, barring a miraculous turn of events in the next few weeks. And then the next paragraph, everyone in the Bucks organization, the franchise player, the supporting cast, the coaching staff, the front office, and the ownership group is at least somewhat responsible. But ultimately, it comes back to Giannis. He was just named Defensive Player of the Year and will likely win his second consecutive MVP. He's the one who will have his name dragged through the mud. It doesn't matter what he does next season. It's going to be very difficult for him to win any more regular season awards until he proves that he can win in the playoffs. It's not fair, but that's the downside of all the money and all the fame. You buy that? You buy that Giannis and Dendekum? I mean, they're already dragging him through the mud on Twitter, but do you buy that, that it's Giannis who's got to shoulder the majority of the blame of not getting it done in the playoffs? I think to a point, yes. When you, if you are a superstar, if you are an MVP, you need to like take over games and win them. Look at LeBron James. You couldn't, you couldn't fault a guy if you know, say it, that's a high ankle sprain, and yeah, he's out for the rest of the thing. Not going to fault him with a high ankle sprain just because it's an injury. It's like no one held it against Jordan when he was in his first five to seven years and he had injuries that he couldn't get it done. Took yeah, took Jordan but, seven years to win a championship. I will say this: it does fall on Giannis's shoulders for winning a title, especially now, to a degree because of his game. Who are the guys that he's compared to? LeBron, Kawhi, Steph Curry, Kevin Durant. Those are like your superstars. All those guys, except for James Harden, have have a finals. All those guys, and I mean, even James Harden played in an NBA finals. But all those guys are multiple-time All-Stars. They are MVPs or MVP candidates. They do have NBA finals. So you're going to get compared to them. The only thing you're missing that they have is a championship. And now, you know, you can kind of get into the 
different things of Giannis's game, but also of all those players, I would say he's the least well-rounded. Yeah, he's a completely he's a bulldozer to the to the rim, do a little euro step and dunk on you. He doesn't have an outside. Sh- he's he's gotten better, but he doesn't have an outside shot. Like all of those guys that were listed, except for James Harden would kind of be that borderline one, but he hasn't won a championship. They all play pretty good defense. They all can shoot the ball from three. They all can make free throws, and they all can score. You know, inside the three point range, whether that be. Uh, from the elbow, whether that be mid-range, whether that be at the rim. They all have all all all-around games. That's what's holding Giannis back right now. Giannis could carry this team to the finals regardless of how well Chris Chris Middleton could play if he had a go-to move where he could get a bucket anytime he needed it. Yeah, when they put those three guys on Giannis and build that wall, his game kind of – it's a lot tougher. In the regular season, it's phenomenal, but in the playoffs – like the Raptors won the last finals. Who was their best player? Kawhi Leonard. Mm-hmm. What could Kawhi Leonard do when you need him to? He could he could make that mid-range jumper. Yep. He could also drive it to the hoop. You and the he could pull up and hit the three. You do it all. But what was his go-to? It was getting in that, kind of getting into that lane and then pulling up for that mid-range jumper. He can get it whenever he wants. Mm-hmm. And he, I've watched uh, more Clippers games here lately, and he's really good at it. <laughs> He's Giannis, really good. I don't have a shot that I go, okay, I want Giannis to do this. Giannis is drive it, is drive attack it to the rim the middle, and dunk it. And if you can get over the guy, you're dunking it. Yeah. If not, you're losing it or you're wildly passing it out. And you're hoping for a foul. Like when, when maybe Giannis, making one of two free throws. When Giannis can develop a shot that's a go-to shot where he can go every time you need a basket, he can do that and score, then they will be right in the thick of it. But until then... When you, especially when you surround him with the cast that you surround him with, I'm sorry, but they're not going to make it or win an NBA Finals. The surrounding cast of the Bucks, I don't. And I like Lopez a lot. I think Same. Lopez is a, is great defensively and shooting the basketball. I just don't think Chris Middleton Chris Middleton can be that number two where he's outstanding like he was in <clears throat> Game Four consistently. And I don't believe in Eric Bledsoe in the playoffs. Like I said, he's a small guard that can't shoot, and he's getting paid quite a bit of money. Mm-hmm. Um, so you look at, I mean, go to LeBron James, a true superstar. I mean, Giannis is a true superstar too, but LeBron James is. Well, whether you hate this is LeBron James's era, right? Whether you hate LeBron James or not, this is his era. The two the guys that you talk about as being the best of all time is Michael Jordan and LeBron James and then everyone else. Yeah. Th- this is the era of LeBron James, and it's nearing its end. The next era could definitely be Giannis Adenokounmpo's, but right now we're still living in LeBron James's era. If you go back to the start of LeBron James's era, just go to that. I mean, you can have a roster full of complete trash cans, and if you are a legitimate superstar like LeBron James, you can carry those trash cans to a finals. They did lose and got swept by the Spurs, but let me read you let me read you the roster of LeBron James's first trip to the finals. I think the best player, let me guess the best player in my opinion, Zildrunas Ilgauskas. Yeah, the big Z. 7-3, <laughs> the big Z. Uh, you have Shannon Brown, Booby Gibson, Drew Gooden, Larry Hughes, the big Z, Damon Jones, Dwayne Jones, Danielle Marshall, Remember Sasha Pavlovich, Scott Pollard, Eric Snow, Anderson Verajao, 
David Wesley, and a guy named LeBron James. That team made it to the finals his first year. Yeah, and he was getting to the Eastern Conference Finals and the finals with rosters like that, even when he was an extremely young player. Yeah. And that's the thing. But LeBron James was pretty well-rounded from the start. Totally. LeBron, I mean, LeBron James is a category all of its own. LeBron James is insane. I mean, we're nearing the end of his era. And it very well could be the the Giannis era coming up, but right now it's <laughs> it's not looking good in the playoffs. I'm holding out it, faith, though. Well, my biggest tonight. thing with Giannis is that he's always going to be a great regular season player just because it's not turned up. The intensity's not turned up as much, so it's easier to get fast break. It's easier to uh, attack the rim. My biggest thing for him is if he doesn't develop that jumper, if he doesn't develop that consistent three-point shot, or he doesn't consistently make free throws better than what is he at? Roughly 50, 60%. Yeah. If he doesn't do that, he's still going to be one of the probably top five or six players in the league. He's just never going to be one of those top two or three players that can win the NBA Finals. All right, speaking of common sense, when it comes to the use of uh, minutes, when it, you know, Giannis Dendekumbo, yada, 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 you said at break, I, I kind of wanted to go in on uh, Mike Budenholzer. Do you want music or anything? No, I'm just saying. Do you want, do you want like, the what stage we, is yours. What if we complained about with, like, the Big Ten, with MLB, it's the leaders, the people in charge? Mm-hmm. You would say that Mike Boonholder is the leader, the guy in charge of the block, he Milwaukee is, Bucks. He He's is the, the head, head coach. coach. He has final say over everything. Yeah. You're down three to nothing against the Miami Heat, who's obviously a five seed. You're the one seed. You were the odds-on favorite to make the NBA Finals out of the East. You're down three to nothing, and you're playing your best two players about 35, 36 minutes. And when asked whether he was going to play them more, he simply said, well, I don't know if that would be like a thing. He's like, I don't know if they could handle the uptick in minutes. I don't know if that's a load that I would want to put, like a burden I'd want to put on these players. Here's the thing. What have we asked from leadership? That you kind of figure it out. You take steps yeah. to to try different things, to try and win games, or to try and get your season to play. Lean on your strengths. Right? You've just played them 35, 36 minutes the first three games, and you've lost all three. There's 48 game or 48 minutes in a basketball game. Why wouldn't you try and play your best two players more? Now, in the game before Giannis got hurt, he you did have, try something, right? He did have three fouls in the first half. So, I mean, there is foul trouble with Giannis. So, that's there limits your minutes a little bit. But, yes, the, the fact that Giannis was only playing maybe 35 minutes, even without fault, you're like, dude, it's the reigning MVP. It's Giannis Adendakumbo, who's probably going to be MVP again. Play him. Well, what you're is, in the playoffs. What is known about playoff basketball? You're not in the, in the sit in the bench offs. You're in the playoffs. In in NBA basketball, we all know that the benches shorten up, minutes increase for starters because mm-hmm. you're trying to win a championship game. This isn't a regular season where you're playing 82 games, where you're going to need the guy that's you know the 10th guy on the bench to get up and say play a few minutes here. No, it's shortened rotations. It's the best players playing more minutes. And you just That's had four months off. And yet they weren't doing that. They were continue, continuing to rotate. Well, some of the closer, lineups were crazy too. Closer to what they were doing in the regular season, and you were losing. And then you basically said you weren't 
really going to change anything because that's how you got here, though we all know that NBA basketball is different in the playoffs than the regular season. And why are you not trying anything? You're down three to nothing. Obviously, yeah. what you were doing wasn't working. Is Mike Budenholzer? Why, why would you? St- that's like insanity. Mike Budenholzer is a phenomenal regular season coach. You get Mike Budenholzer in the playoffs, and all of a sudden, everything that they did in the regular season to be the best team in the majors is seemingly thrown out the window with these weird rotations and minutes or lack thereof. I don't know. It'd be pretty like Rowdy. Would you put Aaron Rodgers on a snap count? No. Would you put? Well, I guess in baseball they do it now. But I'll say like if you have a if you have a player, let's say you go back in the in the golden age of baseball, and you got a pitcher out there throwing a perfect game, would you pull him? No, we can. We don't have to go back to the golden day of baseball. We can go back to just this year, last year. How many times have I complained about pitchers getting pulled early in games? We could go back to 2018 where Wade Miley was pulled out of the NLCS game two early. No, yep. I mean that. Like, I just why, why in big time situations would you take out your best player? Does it make sense? Or just, rhetorical, it or doesn't. just the fact that if you're thrown, if a challenge is thrown your way and you try something and it doesn't work, you try that same thing again and it doesn't work. Why are you continuing to try the same thing and not changing it up or not trying to to reinvent another way? Packers, Packers, Bucks lose tonight. Mike Budenholzer, does he get fired? I think you should. If I was John Horst, I would. But I, I would you, also... I think you should. I would also attack this roster. And you, they're going to have to get creative with how they attack this rast, roster moving forward. Because if they don't get or, it done here, it obviously shows that this roster can't win a championship. Or do you get a pass because of COVID-19? No passes. It's professional sports. They're going to try. I understand that, but... They're going to try I understand it. it's professional sports, but you had four months off. Like... the. Things have changed, you know? Yeah, they're going to try to use that excuse, but everyone else had to play play by the same COVID rules, let's and they the, got it done, and you didn't. Let's go to the phones. Welcome to the show. Who do I got? It's John from Hurley. How's it going? Hey, Hello. Johnny. I thought it's John in Appleton, though. Well, uh, this week, actually, I'm going to Green Bay. So okay, I guess, cool. uh, This week, I'm John at Green Bay. Uh, the, uh, the vagabond John. What's up, dude? Yeah, I just uh, wanted to point out that I think it was like last week, Tuesday, my two uh, quick trip spicy chicken sandwiches, one of them was that Coach Booch get fired, and that was after game two. Yeah. Um, you were ahead of the curve, brother. A little ahead of the curve. Uh, Aaron Jones, on the other hand, looks like I just got a bleacher report. Hey, don't. Uh, I was saving that for. Hey, hey. I was saving that for after the break here. All right, it's fine. But yeah, here, here, uh, Johnny, break it for me. Coach. Break it for me. Break, it, break the news for me. A deal is in the works. Aaron Jones and an extension, yeah? Yeah. Broken by but, uh, Vagabond John. Let's go. That's right. So, uh, on Coach Booth, I mean, if you watch the game with the volume on, sometimes I turn the volume off because I think the NBA announcers uh, <laughs> aren't the greatest. I do the same for, you know, certain uh, un- Agreed. Agreed. NFL guys. And plus, it's, but, easy, it's easier to hear yourself yell at the TV when there's no sound. Yeah, exactly. But if you, uh, I did have the volume on last time, and the color guy made a really good point where it's after the game, Giannis and in interviews will say, when a reporter asks, like, hey, it looks like these were your minutes. You know, what are your thoughts? And Giannis always says, oh, I want to play more. But then at, like, two different times, and the last game is a little different because he was hurt, but you, you'll see him. He's, like, one of the most common guys in the NBA that puts his hand up saying, hey, I need a rest. So it's a coaching thing, but at the same time, they're talking about the specific assistant coach. I forget his name. 
but he's monitoring Giannis during these games, and anytime Giannis puts his hands up, they're like, oh, he's tired, let's get him out. And the color guy made a great point saying, like, young man, this is the playoff. <laughs> I don't care if you are puking out there. Like, you need to suck it up and run another lap. Like, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a give and take between coaches and players. Player is always going to say he wants to play more until he's absolutely gassed. You know, and Giannis plays so hard yeah. uh, on defense on both sides, and he sprints up and down the court. It's a tough guy to get to play 44 minutes. But, uh, anyways, that's my two cents. Hey, hey, Vagabond John, before I let you go, what did you yep. think when Giannis went down? And then, B, what did you think after the Bucks won? Uh, honestly, Giannis went down, and I was watching with my roommate, and I looked at him and I said, you know what? This team, watch the offense. It's going to get so much better without Giannis. Really? Uh, I said the same thing. I used to call into the show all the time. Yeah, throughout do the it more. Ethan Happ era, uh, when I was just, I would just shit on Ethan Happ all day long uh, because it was like, you running all your offense through one guy, and it's a guy that's making fifty percent of his free throws, and he gets fouled all the time. And it's just like you know, <laughs> we saw the Ethan Happ hack at end of games where it's like, oh yeah, we want this guy yeah. to have the ball. Hack a half. Then they started subbing him out in and out. So. It's a it's a similar situation with Giannis where, yeah, we want this guy to shoot threes. We want this guy to try to drive three guys in the paint. And it's like the offense just gets really stagnant. He goes out, all of a sudden you're seeing some actual dribble drive penetration ball going around. It's like, holy cow, it's a basketball team now. Yeah, it's kind of it's so. better to watch a guy not try to plow through a wall of three to four guys as opposed to, I don't know, passing the ball for the open man. Yeah, you got three things that can happen. A turnover, a foul, or a dunk. And two of them are bad. Just like when you throw a football. It could be an incompletion, an interception, or a completion. Two yeah. of them are bad. And uh, Vagabond Johnny, COVID-19, is it the ultimate trump card for anyone on a hot seat this year? Uh, No. No, yeah. everybody had to play in the same conditions. Yeah. Unless you are the defensive coordinator for the Patriots. <laughs> out of anybody in all of sports because holy cow like i did a fantasy draft and patriots defense still ranked pretty high and i'm like you realize half their starters are sitting out but <laughs> only guy in sports patriots defensive coordinator all right cool brother nice hearing from you johnny yeah we'll see you guys see you buddy vagabond john there he is hurley appleton green bay madison we just call him vagabond now uh new nose i'm sorry new new nose nelson says on Twitch, I get people's frustrations with the coach when the team starts to decline, but how can people call for the coach's head after leading the team to the best record in the regular season and then go into COVID and then the postseason and expect the same thing after having four months off? I think it would be just because you have, you got to go back to last year as well before in the before times when you had the best team in the NBA and you had a chance to win a series. Weren't the Bucks up? Weren't the Bucks up two, two to, nothing? Two nothing on the on the Raptors. And lost four straight. Yeah, I mean that's not good. And then you have, and they were the best team in the regular season. Then you have the best team in the regular season again. And some players, listen, it's not a trump card for me for COVID nineteen, but you do have to take it into consideration. But still, at the end of the day, every other team was affected by COVID nineteen and the shutdown. And you see other teams, i.e., the Miami they, Heat, stepping up to the stepping up and doing it while the Bucks shriveling. And it wasn't like uh, they were thrown right into the playoffs. They had eight 
They had eight games in the regular season in the bubble to get back to normal or used to playing in the bubble, living in the bubble. Plus, they had practices and scrimmage games before those eight games. Yeah, and you can be really good in the regular season. At the end of the day, they're not hanging banners for how good you are in the regular season. They hang the banner because you win a championship. I don't know if the Bucks going to win a championship this year. Well, I'll tell you that. They're still alive. They're not going to. They're still alive. We'll see what happens. I mean, odds would say not, but you still got a chance.